Welcome to the Bayshore Podcast. As listeners each week, whether through iTunes or through the church app, you're part of our church family. We would love for you to share stories of how Bayshore is impacting your life by sending us an email at amen at bayshorecc.org. As always, you can find all kinds of information and content on our website, bayshorecc.org. There's also our church app, which you could download by going to bayshorecc.org slash app. So thanks again for joining us this week, and we hope that today's message is a blessing to you. Good to see everybody today. We are uh, resuming our study, The Great Adventure, second part of the book of Acts, and we're looking at Paul's missionary journey. Um, we want to welcome our Facebook Live community. Would you welcome them? Tell, welcome everybody that's listening to Facebook Live. Thank you for listening today. Um, some of Bayshore people out of town listening and also people that just regularly listen to our podcast. We thank you. Last week we had uh, Elaine Wraithburn, Wraithburn from Sasbury, Pennsylvania that was listening. Uh, Elaine, thank you for listening last week. And Trinket Charles uh, from Lancaster, Pennsylvania listening last week. So we thank uh, all of you that are listening today uh, that way. And those of you that are local that are listening, please come to Bayshore. We just want to welcome you and want you to get the full experience of what we're about. So it's so good to have you joining with us today. Over a thousand views last week during the uh, during the services, so that's really cool. So we're in um, Acts chapter 17. We're looking at these incredible stories in the book of Acts, and we're looking at Paul's missionary journey. This is his second missionary journey. He's traveling. He's going to different towns, and I was thinking about how uh, Paul, you know, was sort of like on a tour. You know, I don't know if you've ever gone to a concert, and you buy the concert t-shirt where your favorite band has been on tour, and uh, here's, uh, I think, uh, Aerosmith or Mac, Fleetwood Mac. This is their t-shirt this year of other places they're going to be. So you can kind of go, and uh, if you go to a Fleetwood Mac concert, you get a t-shirt, and these are all the cities they've gone to. And I wonder if Paul had a t-shirt for his second missionary journey. I think it would be cool if he did. It would be the uh, Jesus Comes to Pagan City Tour. That would be his deal. He's going to all these pagan cities. And when you think about his second missionary journey, he went to Philippi. Uh, then he went to, uh, when he went to Thessalonica, which we're going to be studying today. Then he went to Athens. And then he went to uh, Corinth. And so if you got the t-shirt, that's what it would say. Paul's uh, missionary journey, or better said... He was going, uh, the Jesus goes to Pagan City Tour. So that's where he was going. And he was in, in Greece. Anybody been in Greece, by the way? Anybody been to Greece? These, uh, many of these uh, churches that we're talking about uh, were when Paul was in Greece. And so I love the story in, Thessal- uh, in, in, in Acts chapter 17. It talks about the church of Thessalonica. Now, one of the things that we're doing, the reason we're doing this kind of study is to help you so you can take your Bible home, you can read the Bible on your own. And uh, see how all this fits together. Because today, when we look at Acts chapter 17, he's, he's at a church called Thessalonica. Not at a church. He's going to a city that doesn't have a church. And he's starting a church there. So, but then later, not too long after he went there, he wrote a couple letters to them that are in the New Testament. First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians. So when you read Acts chapter 17, when you think about your New Testament, those two pieces fit together. You've got Acts 17. He starts this church. The church was going through a lot of persecution, so he writes him a letter to encourage him. Paul was actually kicked out of town, which we'll discover, and he wasn't allowed to go back, so he could write him some letters to let him know and see, let him know he was thinking about him. So uh, let me read the story to you, and then we'll look at how this whole thing works. Uh, Acts 17, verses 1 through 9, it says, When they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, 
where there was a Jewish synagogue. Interesting, a Jewish synagogue. That was his mode of operation. As his custom was, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and rise from from the dead. This Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is the Christ. And he said, some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women. Sort of upper class people he's reaching in this city. Uh, chapter, or verse 5. But the Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a ride in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the other brothers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown in turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others postpone and let them go. So it's a cool, cool story. And what we see here is we see the itinerary. Philippi, then uh, Apollonia, and then Apollos, and then to Thessalonica. Why did he go to those cities? Here's a, here's a short answer. Why did Paul take that route? It was on the road. It was on the road. So when you, in the ancient world, the Romans were really big on creating roads, road systems. They had this big empire, and they wanted to create a road system. Why? They wanted to create a road system so they could collect taxes, and they wanted to govern the empire. So they put roads everywhere. So the reason Paul goes, if you look at where he went, it says he went from, uh, he passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, and then to Thessalonica. Why, he, why did he go that way? Well, he's basically following a road that existed. It's called the Via Ignatia Road. And here's a picture of the road on a map here. Not that road, the other, road, other map here. So this red line here, this is the Via Ignatia. The Romans put a road there. So here's where, here's where he was in Philippi. So he's just walking down the road. And he goes about 30 miles to Amphipolis, then he goes to Apollonia, which is another 30 miles, and then he ends up in Thessalonica. So he's been in Philippi, and he's going to Thessalonica 100 miles. He went 100 miles. So he's walking. He can walk about 30 miles a day. So he's basically walking down a road that the Romans created. Now, you can still, if you go to Greece now, you go to Philippi, around Philippi, uh, you can go to Philippi, and and you can go to Solinka, which is Thessalonica, and you can see the road. Here's a picture of the ancient road. This road is still there. This is the road that Paul walked on. So he's walking down a road that the Romans had built, and he's using the road to get the gospel out. Now, here's what's interesting about that. God kind of inspired the Romans. They put the roads in place because they wanted to administrate the empire and get money. But they, Paul used the technology of the day in order to get the gospel out. So it's kind of cool. I always think that every piece of technology that, that comes into existence, when Bill Gates did all these stuff he did with the Internet and, and all the whole, you know, all, all the computer stuff that we had. And, you know, in the last 50 years, all this stuff has come about. All this stuff is basically, I think, put in place so for the kingdom of God to use. So that's what we have to see happening here. So that road is in existence and all that. He, wrote, he walked by this place called um, uh, Amphipolis. He didn't stop there. But an interesting thing about that city is that city uh, was a city that had a gigantic lion that was on the road, the Via Ignatia. 
And uh, it was named after, it was a big lion to commemorate one of the generals of Alexander the Great. Here's a picture of that lion. So Paul walked by that. So these are real places. He walks by on the Via Ignatia and he comes and when he gets to uh, Amphipolis, this lion was there to honor one of the generals of uh, Alexander the Great. And see, people are sitting down there on the little ledge. This thing is huge. Look how little these people are in this huge lion. Now, in my imagination, Paul's walking down the road and he's walking down the road, he comes to this lion, and I wonder if he didn't sit right there in the shade of that lion as he's on his way to Thessalonica. So this is what he's doing. He's actually walking down an existing road. He goes by, um, goes by uh, Amphipolis, he goes by Apollonia, and he came to Thessalonica. Thessalonica was the capital of that section of the world. Uh, that's called the, the area was called Macedonia. And just think about Massachusetts, about that size, Massachusetts. And uh, Thessalonica was the capital of the city. And so it was about 200,000 people lived in Thessalonica. So a pretty good-sized town, slightly bigger than Gumboro. 200,000 people there. Uh, and so he comes to that city. Now, what I want to think about a little bit today is I want to think about where Paul came from before he got to Thessalonica. Let's think, about, let's think about the picture. Let's think about what's just happened in Paul's life. Uh, sometimes, Karen and I, we watch, this, uh, we watch TV shows together. We have certain shows we like. We watch, we're watching The Resident right now. I'm not sure what uh, network puts that on. And, and it's a doctor show, and it's, it's a little soap opera-ish, I think, a little bit. and It's a little much for me, but Karen likes it, and it's somewhat interesting. But anyhow, we watch this show... And uh, when you watch a new episode of The Resident, uh, there's always a, like a, a, a little piece in the beginning about what's just happened. So you see what happened in the episodes before, so you know where that episode is headed. So it gives you a little refresher course. When you come to uh, Acts chapter 17, and Paul goes to Thessalonica, it's important, very important, to get the episode of what just happened. He's come from Philippi. That's what we studied in Acts chapter 16. He came from Philippi. And what happened in Philippi? You know, he ministers and he leads Lydia to Jesus. Lydia, a businesswoman, becomes a Christian. And, you know, he delivers this woman that has a demon. And then he gets in trouble. And they, and they beat Paul. And it says in, uh, in, in, uh, in Acts, uh, that in the, in the English Standard Version, that they beat him with many blows. They beat him with many blows. So Paul, when he was in Philippi, the last thing you see before he starts walking to Thessalonica, the last thing you see is he's in jail. And he's been beaten with many blows. And his back is bloody. His face is swollen. He's been punched. He's been bruised. He's been abused. And it didn't say they put him in jail. It says they threw him in jail. So, Paul, this is what has just happened to Paul. And, you know, God works in that whole thing in the jail. We're not going to retell the story. But then we see Paul walking down the road to Thessalonica after he had been abused in Philippi. That's important for us to remember because Paul has just suffered Paul's just gone through a hard time, and Paul has gone through some abuse. And it could have been very easy for Paul to say, that's it, I'm quitting. I'm quitting, I'm done. It's too much. This is too hard. 
And he could have quit. But he didn't quit. He's walking down the road from Philippi after being beat. Say that with me. He's walking down the road after being beat. He's been beat. He's been abused. And he's walking down the road to Thessalonica. He's not quitting. He's not giving up. He's not throwing in the towel. I don't know if you've ever gone through a hard time. Things are hard. Things are difficult. Things aren't going good in your marriage, in your business, in your Christian life, in whatever. And you have thought about quitting. But Paul, he didn't quit. He is walking down the road to Thessalonica after being abused at Philippi. And I was thinking this week about uh, one of the young men on our staff, RJ, RJ, who is in our media department. RJ uh, let me know this week, he said, Pastor Danny, RJ's like working full time and we're paying him part time. He's like working all the time. He's doing such an amazing job and he's just a rock star around here. He's doing so good. But he he, uh, let me know, sent me an email, said, Pastor Danny, I have to miss the meeting uh, on Monday, our staff meeting, and he like hardly ever misses any meetings. And he said, I've got two tests to take. I, he's, going, he's a college student. He's going to college full-time. He's working here like full-time. And he's going, you know, he said, I have to miss a meeting. And like RJ never misses a meeting. And uh, hey, I said, all right, I totally get it. You know, and he took that, took his test. And then he came in the next day and I saw him in my office. And I said, I said, RJ, how the test go? He said, the, the math test, I aced it. He said, I'm taking, he was taking a math, had a math test and a human geography class. I said, what the world is a human geography class? He said, that's where, you know, it's the study of why people live in urban centers and different places they live. And so uh, he said, I got through the, 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 the test, the urban, uh, or the, uh, the human geography class. It wasn't, wasn't you know, it was, it was hard, but I got through it. And you know what I saw? I saw something in his eyes. And I've seen college kids before have a hard time. And they're not doing good because they're playing way too many video games and not reading enough. And I looked in RJ's eyes and I saw a boy that's going to finish college because he's tenacious. I could see it. He's serious about his education. Here's a picture of RJ. He goes to Warwick right now. And here's a picture of RJ. And everybody say, yay, RJ. But you know what? Sometimes when you're in school, it's like you, you know, it's hard. Suffering. You gotta study. You gotta work hard. And I just finished, and this is not to toot my own horn, but I just finished my second graduate course, graduate degree uh, this week. I got done. I've been working on it for four or five years in between everything. So I got done writing that last that last paper on why there's genocide in the Old Testament. Really interesting story. How to do that? I'm, I'm writing that paper, all this research, and the professor says, "We want you to have an annotated bibliography, annotated bibliography. Bibliographies in and themselves are a pain in the neck, but you want to get. We want you to have an annotated bibliography." I wanted to type him back and say, "Don't you have a life, an annotated bibliography?" <laughs> you know what an annotated bibliography is? That's a 150, 150 word description of the book that you're quoting. I'm like. But I did it. 
I wasn't like singing the praises of Jesus while I was doing it. But I did it. And I got that paper done. It was my last paper. Last paper of graduate school. I looked at it, proofread it, passed it through Grammarly. Don't you know that God has anointed Grammarly? If you don't use Grammarly, please use Grammarly. Went through that. That boy, they, they helped me look better than I really am. And I got it done. And then I paused. And I pushed send. Graduate. Man, I did a little Pentecostal dance, you know. <laughs> it feels good to finish something this hard. It feels good. And RJ, you know, he's like tenacious. There is no success in life without tenacity. There is no success in anything without tenacity. And, you know, some of my young pastor friends, these young guys starting out, they, you know, tell me how hard it is. I said, man, hey, listen, it's going to get harder. It's tough. This is a tough thing you've chosen to do. But God can use you, and you can do great at this, but you've got to be tenacious. Say it with me. There is no success without tenacity. In your education, could be, you know, in your, in your like, overcoming your addiction and all that. And I, I, we have so much really good things are happening right now, helping people with addictions here. And we want to do more and more. I have such a burden for that because it's such a big problem in our community. And uh, we have a young man that got saved last Sunday from our uh, James Club that came, was invited. He came and put his health, faith in Jesus. And he's going to get baptized. And uh, you know what? You know, dealing with addictions, it's maybe porn addiction or, uh, or alcohol addiction or drug addiction or prescription drugs, whatever it is, addiction is a really, really tough thing. And listen, it takes tenacity. It takes, it takes tenacity to keep going to those meetings. You keep going to those meetings. Don't be an idiot and say you don't need the meetings because you do need the meetings. Everybody needs the meetings if you've got an addiction issue. And you've got to stay with it. You've got to go. And people that succeed are tenacious. They just, they just keep walking down the road toward Thessalonica. They don't give up and they keep doing it. Very, very important. If you've stumbled and you've fallen in your addiction process, remember the goal is not to win every battle. The goal is to win the war. The goal is to win the war, and God can help you do that, give you strength to do it. Maybe, maybe it's your marriage that you need some grace in and you want to quit in your, in your marriage. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever had trouble in your marriage but I will raise my hand that Karen and I had trouble when we first got married. I got married, at, I was 19 years old, Karen was 20, and I was a certified idiot when I got married. <laughs> I didn't have good sense. And, and we had, a, um, our first year was awful. It was just awful. It wasn't the worst year of our marriage, it was the worst year of our life. It was terrible. It was just awful. And we just, uh, you know, my, uh, my mom and dad, they were... You know, they hadn't got divorced. They stayed together. Karen's mom and dad had stayed together. We were Christian. Everybody knew we were Christian. And so we're just kind of walking this out. And it was so, so hard. And we did. We went to counseling. And, and, and we moved. We moved to Florida, which really helped us a whole lot. We got away from all of our friends and all of our family. And we were down there on our own, going to school. And we, we got things worked out. And, and I'm here to tell you that after a, bunch, you know, after a couple kids later and a bunch of grandkids, God has been faithful to keep us together and help us in our relationship. Now, you know, if you're here and you've been divorced, there's a whole lot of versions of why that happens. And sometimes you did everything you could. So don't beat yourself up about that. 
But I tell you what, it takes, if you're married today and you're in this church, you need to be tenacious and say, listen, you know, we've been suffering a little bit. We're going to keep walking down the road. And I watched my mom and my dad the other night. My mom has Alzheimer's and my dad's taking care of her. And sometimes my mom, my dad just turned 82. And sometimes my, my, my mom doesn't know my dad and she's very confused and she's incoherent. And I was watching my dad. I was in the living room and I was helping take care of things. And I was watching my dad. My mom was in the kitchen and there he's trying to put her coat on for her. And she has to sit down. He has to put her shoes on for her. And he's taking care of her. And they've been married for like six years now. And I'm here to tell you that's tenacity, tenacity just to stay with and love your spouse over and over again. Amen. So tenacity, Paul had been beat up and he had suffered at Philippi. And here's what it says in in 1 Thessalonians, when he writes to the uh, Thessalonians, he says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. You know, brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. We had previously suffered and been insulted at Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, we dare to tell you the gospel. So what's the key? What's the key to Paul's success? What's the key to his tenacity and going to Thessalonica after he'd gone through such a hard time. He says in that verse, it's with the help of our God. And the word uh, help is not in the Greek. Uh, it says, here's how it reads specifically. It says, uh, but we had previously suffered and been sold in, Phil- in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared tell you the gospel. The word help is not there. It's basically, he says, through, through our God, we were successful and we came to you. And he says also in Colossians, uh, Colossians 1.28, we'll put that on the screen, Colossians 1.28, uh, here's what Paul writes this as well. And this is what I'm look, looking at here is what is, the, what is the key, the specific keys that gave Paul the ability to be tenacious when he was going through a hard time. Here's what it says in Colossians 1.28, he is the one we proclaim, speaking of Jesus, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Next verse. To this end, we strenuously contend. Strenuously contend. That's the, that's the tenacity part. That's his effort. That's him putting it out there. To this end, we strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. So what Paul says is that, that the, the effort and the tenacity that he puts forth is coupled with God's strength, which so powerfully works inside of him. Bottom line is, whatever God has called you to do, he's given you the strength, the internal strength to do what he's called you to do. He's already put that inside of you so that you can be tenacious and do that. So if God's called you to go to school, he's given you the capacity to do that. If God's called you to take care of your spouse that's older, uh, God's given you the capacity to do that. God's given you the strength. So Paul says, to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. So say this with me. I have divine energy inside of me. To do what God's called me to do. Now the word energy there is the word dunamis in the Greek. And that just simply means ability. Divine ability or divine strength. He's given you the divine ability or the divine strength to do what he's called you to do. 
the other night, Karen and I were, um, were, we went out to dinner on Friday night. There wasn't any good movies out, so we didn't go to the movies Friday night. There were, and I'm not really the Avenger kind of guy, so uh, we, we, uh, we went out to Outback in Salisbury, had a good dinner. And then after dinner at Outback, you know, hey, you know, Starbucks is pretty close by. So we made our little trip to Starbucks, and I got a decaf Americano. And um, so we, I got my coffee, we're chatting it up, having a great date, and we pulled out on uh, 13 there, and we come up to the little intersection where you turn to go in the mall, we're actually going to do a U-turn and come back home. So we get in the little intersection there, and, and on the right-hand side of me, there's a Durango, a blue Durango that's broken down, and in front of me is a white pickup, and this guy, and it's raining, it's raining and it's blowing, and this guy in the white pickup, you know, he sees this poor girl, young girl, and so he jumps out of his truck, and he's trying to get his, you know, jumper cables. And what I'm thinking is, I should be thinking, oh, Lord, help them to get through this. And I'm thinking, we're going to miss this light. We are going to miss this light. <laughs> I, I know I shouldn't have been thinking that, but that's what I was thinking. So he's like, he's got all these boxes in his, in his, in his pickup bed there. And he's like rifling through there trying to find the jumper cables. He got these, finds these orange jumper cables and he's like still pulling them out. And he finally gets over there, gets the jumper cables, he gets over there and, uh, to the girl in the blue Durango. And then they can't open, they can't open the hood. They can't get the hood open. And they, we're there and the light's changing and, you know, we're not getting anywhere. And, uh, and it's raining and I'm thinking somebody needs to help them. And I said... <laughs> I said to Karen, why don't you go out there and help them? They need some help. So finally, uh, finally I went out there, you know, and, and helped him with the hood. And, we, and it's, did I mention it's raining? It's raining. And, uh, and then, you know, he gets his jumper cables on his battery. And then he puts them on her battery. And she says, should I start the car? And he said, no, not yet. He said, and I've never seen anybody do this before. He said, he said, one, two, three, start it. And it started right up. And the car was going, and she's hugging the guy with the cable. She's so thankful. And I'm saying, well, what about me? I'm out here too, you know. <laughs> but anyhow, and we all, we all got, you know, got on our way. And I was thinking about it. I was thinking about how, you know, you know, here's how this works in the Christian life. How it works in the Christian life is our power source that we need is outside of ourselves. It's the Lord, the Holy Spirit, that gives us the capacity to keep going. And you can't keep going sometimes just by effort. Effort's important to have that tenacity, have that determination. But it's, there's more than that. If you're, if you like, like my dad taking care of my mom, I look at my dad, and I, and I, and, and it's not easy. And I know it's like he doesn't always have perfect moments. And I look at that whole thing, and I'm thinking, you know. But I, I see God's grace, and God gives you the ability to do what you're called to do. His divine power works inside of you. Say it with me. His divine power works inside of me. So Paul had this tenacity and he, he had suffered hardship at Philippi. He had suffered difficulty at Philippi and he had gone through a hard time and he could have quit because it was hard. But he kept walking down the road 
toward Thessalonica. And people that make it in life know how to pull on the power of God. Pull on the strength of God when things are hard, when things are difficult. You've got to have that, you got to have that grit, you gotta have that tenacity, you got that, you gotta have that RJ spirit. I'm gonna get through school, I'm gonna do it. You have to have that grit if you're leading a church, if you're leading a business. You know, I we got some businessmen in our first service that are, you know, new businesses that they're they're fighting through everything they have to do and, and they're getting there and, and, and they're godly and these men love God and they're serving God. And and it's just not the tenacity, but it's also the power of the Holy Spirit helping you get through what you are going through. So his power is with you to deal and succeed with what you're dealing with right now. This couple in our church uh, that was having trouble in their marriage, uh, and they love Jesus, and they're, they're serving the Lord, and I'd, uh, they sent me a wonderful note this week, and um, you know, it's interesting that people that love Jesus and love the Lord and come to church can have problems in their marriage. And this couple, they've been a part of our church for years, and they were having trouble. And, uh, and so, you know, we've been praying for them and all that. They're going through this. And so anyhow, um, they came to our XO marriage conference, and she sent me this note. The wife sent me a note. She said, our marriage was, we said, our marriage was dead. It was like a dead battery. I mean, we had nothing left. We had nothing left. It was it was." on the ropes, you know, they had the paddles out, and they're like trying to bring the marriage back to life. And she said, my husband said, you want to go to the XO marriage conference? And her response was, I don't have the energy to invest in this, and I can't see any hope in doing this. But then she thought about it. She said the right thing would do to go to the marriage conference. So out of pure obligation to do the right thing, she came to the marriage conference. And she wrote this glowing note about how the marriage conference has helped them and thanked the church for the great uh, work we did and all that. And she wrote, uh, you know, there's a little piece of the, the note here. Uh, and, and, and she writes to me, you guys, are, you guys, we are truly different people after attending the XO conference. The experience was transforming and refreshing. We heard so many great stories and laughed so much. Boy, did we need that. We learned some great lessons and strategies to make our marriage healthier. The Lord really used that weekend to transform and soften our hearts and showed us how to value one another again. Our problems are still there. However, they aren't consuming us. There are real, there's a real tenderness between us now where there used to be division. I think we ought to celebrate that. Let's just celebrate that. So sometimes, regardless of what you're suffering through, Regardless of how hard things are, what you do is, this is profound. What you do is, is you just keep walking down the road. And you're tenacious. And you are, you have the energy of God inside of you to keep moving. You have the energy of God in you to keep moving. At the end of the first service, a young girl came up to me and she said, Pastor Danny, I needed that message. She said, not so much about all the roads and all that, but the other stuff. She said, she said, what really, she said, I'm in the middle of my nursing program right now and I'm breathing through a straw. And it's just so hard. And you know what I said to her? I said, whatever God has called you to do, he's given you the capacity to do that. Say it with me one more time. What God has called me to do, 
He's given me the capacity to do that. Like my dad, taking care of my mom, hard. He's got tenacious. My dad has tenacity. He has grit. My dad doesn't quit. He's got that. But he's also got the energy of the Holy Spirit helping him. So whatever, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, it's just simple things, a whole bunch of stuff in this story, and I'll get to some of it next week, but the thing I love about this story is him walking down the road after Philippi. He was walking down the road after being beaten with many blows, and he was walking toward Thessalonica. Keep walking toward Thessalonica. I heard about the... Uh, guy that was finishing up his college degree and he had his languages he was doing he still had languages you know finishing up his last year of languages and he had his his upper math class and it was really really hard he needed an elective and the elective he had to have some kind of elective and so he signed up for this orthonology class which is the study of birds and he thought well, this would be interesting this would be easy so he studied up for, he signed up for this orthonology class, and uh, as he's taking the class, it turned out to be harder than all his classes. It was like harder than the, you know, the advanced calculus. It was harder than his, all the, you know, his languages. It was just horrible. It was just horrible. And he was having to memorize all these Latin names for these birds and understand their habitat and understand, you know, all these different things about their diet. And it was just killing him. And, and he had the midterm exam and he had studied and memorized all the Latin names of the, bird, of, the word, of the birds and the habitat details and where they lived and the plumage and everything about them. And he opened the midterm exam and it was a picture of bird legs bird legs and the professor said we want you to identify the bird by looking at the bird legs and he hadn't studied the bird legs he'd done all that studying he was he was completely frustrated he threw the pencil down and he got up and he said I quit he grabbed his bag and the professor said you can't quit he said I'm quitting he said well professor said well what's your name so the boy pulled up his pant legs and said I don't know you tell me We always want to provide a corny story for you every week so that you... (laughs) But if you've ever felt like pulling up your pant leg and quitting, remember, only tenacious people succeed. And people that love Jesus and have a tenacious attitude have the additional power of the Holy Spirit Paul said, the energy of Christ works inside of me. And he said to the Thessalonians, as I close, he said to the Thessalonican church, you knew the suffering and insults we went through, but we came to you with the help of our God. With the help of our God. God is helping us do what he's called us to do. Lift up your hands right now. Maybe some of you are doing, going through an illness. Some of you are having a hard time in your business. Maybe some of you are raising teenagers and you're about to pull your hair out. Maybe you're going through something that's just really hard, but tenacity is walking from Philippi to Thessalonica. The Holy Spirit's with you. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. You are going to get to Thessalonica. You are going to make it. 
because he's with you. Now, Lord, we lift up our hands today. Lord, our lifting of our hands is not some fad that we do in church, but it's our position of dependence upon the Holy Spirit. We thank you that the Holy Spirit is with us, that we leave today going into a new week, walking down our particular road with the power of God inside of us. And we thank you for your love and your mercy, and we thank you that you're with us, and we thank you for your word today, and we love you with all of our heart. And if you love Jesus, say a big amen. Lord, I bless our congregation as we go out into this new week in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen and amen.